Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new episode of Geek to Me Radio. Tonight, we have writer David Pepos talking about the devil that wears my face just in time for the Halloween season. We'll talk about his other stuff like Moon Knight Punisher. After that, we've got Ryan Cooper in studio talking about Legends and Lanterns, how you can go have a great time here in St. Charles this Halloween. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. If you're driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight listening to us on the Big 550 KTRS, hello to all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're streaming us on Facebook and YouTube, hello to all of you. Thank you for watching tonight. If you're streaming us on the KTRS app or on the website, we appreciate you finding us there. And as always, if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form on whatever platform you're listening to your podcast, we do appreciate you subscribing there and listening. want to make sure we kick this off by telling you about our our premier sponsors, obviously, Citizens Debt Relief and the City of St. Charles. We'll tell you more about them later in the hour. I do want to make sure we get our Kokomo Toys giveaway in because we forgot to do it last week and I felt horrible about it. Kokomo Toys in Kokomo, Indiana. If you've never been there before, this is a place where I die. I want to have my ashes scattered. They've got toys going back to the 50s, 60s, 70s. Funko Pops Glory. They've got loose toys, new-in-the-box toys, toys in display cases. You could just go and spend all day long looking at the toys. And I've actually done that on a road trip back from Holland, Michigan. We spent the day at Kokomo Toys in Kokomo, Indiana, much to my wife's chagrin. Uh, we partnered up with them. They've given us a bunch of toys to give away. So each week, we're doing a toy trivia. So since it's Halloween season... I was thinking of a couple different toys that do this on the KTRS text lines at 84126, or you can give us a call at 931-587-7314 area code. Just give me a call or a text. Let me know a toy that employs hologram technology. That's all you got to do. And I can think of four off the top of my head. Text lines 84126. Call us on the phone, 314-931-5877. Let us know a toy that employs hologram technology, and we will send you a care package courtesy of our partners at Kokomo Toys in Kokomo, Indiana. Make sure you check them out on social media. It's really cool. Speaking of cool, we're going to get to our first guest. We've had him on the show before. We talked to him way back when, when he was doing a comic called Spencer and Locke, which is brilliant. If you haven't read that one, you should go check it out. It's available in trade paperbacks, your local comic book store. Probably has the back issues still. But he's got a brand new comic coming out from Mad Cave Studio, which I thought this is perfect to have him on as we kick off October. It's the spooky season. He's got a comic called The Devil That Wears My Face. We have, once again on the show, David Pepos. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks so much for having me back. I'm excited to catch up. Yes, I know it's been a while. And uh, just I told you before we started the show, it's so impressive to see all this stuff. Because I think we had you on last time talking about your Savage Avengers run. 
and you've just nonstop been going since then. It's got to be so much fun just making comics. Thank you. It's been a a busy uh, little over two years um, since I I started up with Marvel, and they've just been so wonderful to work with. And uh, yeah, I really feel like I've been living the dream. This is the astronaut job. I'm just getting to tell the the, the (laughs) stories that are passionate uh, that I'm passionate about. And um, it's just been so wonderful to see the kind of response uh, that we've gotten from our readers, uh, both on, on my Marvel work and uh, my original work, uh, just, uh, including like The Devil That Wears My Face. And I think we talked about the OZ, which you had the Kickstarter on for a successful Kickstarter yeah. last time. Uh, I've still got those. That, you know, I got the Kickstarter where you signed them and sent them in. I have those in my collection. I'm excited to get my hands on this one because it's Halloween season. Everybody wants to be scared. Everyone's got that. And this sounds like something that's made for a movie or a Netflix series. Tell everyone about The Devil That Wears My Face. Yeah, the, the quick pitch for The Devil That Wears My Face is it's face-off meets The Exorcist. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, our lead character is Father Franco Vieri. He's an 18th century Vatican priest who's grappling with a pretty profound crisis of faith. Uh, his superiors in the Vatican send him to Spain to perform an exorcism on the son of a Spanish nobleman. Unfortunately for Vieri, the ritual winds up backfiring. And so Vieri finds himself trapped in a stranger's body, while mm-hmm. Vieri's body has been hijacked by the biblical demon known as Legion. Who uh, immediately hightails it back to the Vatican to wreak havoc. Uh, so, like I've said, uh, it really is. It's face off meets The Exorcist. If you're a fan <laughs> of that, uh, if you're a fan of the Count of Monte Cristo, yeah. um, it really is a, kind of a fun historical horror action thriller. Um, and it really feels like, uh, unlike anything on the stands right now, um, I'm working with artist Alex Cormick on the book. You might know him from his work on Road of Bones, Sea of Sorrows, Breath of Shadows uh, over at IDW, or The Crimson Cage over at AWA. And um, boy, Alex is, um, he's a Bram Stoker Award nominated artist, and you can see it on every single page. Mm. Um, this is the scariest looking book on, on the stands right <laughs> now. And uh, it, 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 we, we have Alex Cormick to thank for that. Mad Cave Studios never shies away from some, you know, the absolutely up against the wall storytelling with stuff yeah. they've done ever since they started and launched. Um, what was the pitch like for this? Did they approach you knowing your work? Did you come to them? How did that, how did the yeah. marriage happen? I've been really fortunate that I, I've been in contact with Mad Kid for some time. Uh, Mark London and Chris Fernandez over at the company have been big fans and big supporters of my work ever since uh, my first book, Spencer and Locke. Yeah. And so uh, we've been in contact for some time. We'd always run into each other at shows. And Mark and Chris were always like, we really got to get something on the books with you. And it, it was about two years ago. It was New York Comic Con two years ago that uh, we, we finally put heads together and we were like, okay, um, we're going to get something on the books. Mad K was uh, uh, really growing and expanding aggressively mm. with a lot of creators that I respect, uh, Colin Bunn and Steve Orlando and Chris Sabella. And so I thought this was the perfect time to, to jump on board. And so as we were kind of batting ideas around, we all really gravitated towards the devil that wears my face uh, very quickly. I had wanted to do a horror book for some time. I've done crime noir with Spencer and Locke, mm-hmm. and I've done romantic comedies with Going to the Chapel. I've done post-apocalyptic sci-fi with Scouts Honor and, and fantasy with the OZ. And horror felt kind of like the missing food group in comics that yeah. I hadn't tackled yet, uh, outside of sort of anthology uh, work or um, uh, my Hulk annual that I did earlier this year. Which I loved, by the way. Story. So good. Thank you. <laughs> um, and But really, the other thing is I've, I've wanted to do a body swap story for so long. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Face Off. Uh, mm. I was just the right age when that came out on, on VHS. <laughs> 
Uh, I love the the structure of a story like that, of a body swap story, where you really do have to introduce two very archetypical characters from the jump and really define them quickly. So that way, when you switch their bodies and you switch their context and you switch their lives, they're still recognizable as, as those original characters. And you, you get to really kind of see a, a fun contrast and um, how they might approach a, a situation in the way that the other guy would have done very, very differently. And so having characters like Viri and Legion, um, they really are two sides of the same coin. Uh, Viri is sort of this, this uh, almost kind of brooding, tortured hero who's grappling with a secret of his own. And he's trying to get back to his old life, and he's trying to save uh, everybody that he knows back at the Vatican, whereas Legion is really pure, unhinged id. Um, he's such a fun villain to write. I, I don't think I've enjoyed writing a villain this much since uh, Roach Riley in uh, the second volume of Spencer and Locke. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of fun to write a villain who loves what he does. And, um, you know, Legion is, is, of course, trying to stay under the radar uh, but that only works to a certain extent. Uh, and when he slips up or loses his temper, um, those are the, some of the most fun moments of the book to me. So it sounds like there's a little it's like a, a little bit of it's a horror thing, obviously, but it's also a little bit of a dark comedy, maybe, too, in a way. There's definitely some 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 elements. Um, I mean, I, anything with Legion, I certainly laugh. And I think anytime that you see a horror movie and, you know, you, you, you have those beats, we're like, oh, I can't believe they did that. We definitely have uh, uh, some of those moments in the book. Um, I know we have like a running decapitation total going on behind the scenes <laughs> right now. Uh, and every time Alex draws one, he sends like an Austin Powers meme of like, that's how you're, you don't become the head of a major corporation. <laughs> uh, yes. So he's the perfect collaborator on this book. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it really is. Uh, I, I wanted to try something different from what I've done before that still kind of fit in the same wheelhouse as my other original series. And so uh, Devil, I think, really, uh, it's it's some of the work I've been proudest of. Hmm. Um, and it really is, it's sort of my way of signaling that, um, you know, I'm never going to leave original series behind. I, I, I will always come back. And um, it's been too long, but I'm, I'm excited to see that people are so excited. Uh, and the reception behind this book has been so positive. I think also Halloween's a perfect time to release a yeah. book like this, too. So it's, was it was it purposely timed or that's just the way it yes. fell? Um, well, you know, this book has been in development for a long time. Like I said, uh, we started talking about it two years ago. And uh, the way that, that that it kind of shook out timing wise was as I was working on doing the research for this, I did so much research in the history of the Catholic Church and the history of the Vatican and, and every single pope that has ever uh, been the pope, including uh, several anti-popes, uh, which were you know not officially recognized by the Catholic Church, uh, which uh, is how we settled into 1740 and Pope Clementi, um, who is a real life pope and is a character in our book. Um, but what wound up happening is as I was putting together the outline and as I was doing, I think, our, our first or second script, I was talking with Mark and Chris at Mad Cave, and we were talking about who would be the best artist for this book. And that's when I immediately, uh, I said, Alex Cormick. Um, I, I've been such a fan of his for such a long time, and uh, we've been buddies over in the convention scene. We have we have a bunch of mutual friends, including uh, Rich Duick, uh, who is writing uh, a book with Alex called uh, Drive Like Hell over at uh, Dark Horse. So okay, sure yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was just a matter of Alex is so uh, freakishly prolific. He is uh, an incredibly talented artist who was always able to juggle multiple projects at one time. I've never seen anything like it. But uh, he's very high in demand. And so we just needed to uh, we we had to wait a little bit to make sure that his schedule was opened up. But that was great because that gave us an opportunity to really figure out, oh, when can we release this to get the maximum impact? 
And I, I was so thrilled when Mad Cave said, yeah, we are pushing for an October launch on this book. Great. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're ringing in the spooky season uh, <laughs> in, in such a fun way. And seeing, um, you know, the, the, the types of horror books that are coming out this, this Halloween season, uh, I really do think that uh, The Devil That Wears My, pace, my, my Face, it really goes uh, toe-to-toe with uh, just about anything else in the stands. Um, and I don't want to neglect my text line. For those of you who just texted, I, I have two texts that came in simultaneously, uh, both from the 314 area code. They're both saying eight minutes ago. I'm not sure which one you came in first. I'm going to send both of you a prize pack. Um, hang on. I'll text you uh, the information so I can get your addresses to send you those prize packs from Kokomo Toys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for texting in uh, as we're talking here with David Papos about the devil that wears my face. I love that you likened it to face off because and I, I, you didn't make me feel too old saying at least you saw it on VHS. I saw it a few <laughs> times in the theater. That's how old I yeah. am. But uh, it's the body swap thing. There's something about it that's. I guess throws people off because there's a feeling of claustrophobia because you see, you've seen it in Face Off. Um, yeah. Also, uh, the, one of my favorite Buffy episodes is where she and Faith swap bodies, and yeah. it's one of those just you you like immediately feel bad for the person who has it done to them. And so I assume yeah. when you're writing a story like this out, that can only be more fleshed out because you were able to give so much context and texture to that situation. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, for me, uh, you know, I I love the body swap conceit because it's so there's so much tension yeah. involved. Um, you know, you have one character who's trying desperately not to be found out, um, and 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 sometimes they're they're able to kind of get some interesting leverage uh, when the mask slips a little bit. Um, you know, when they when they don't behave in the context that the way that that the other guy would. Whereas um, the thing that I always really like is it's always the person who's on the back foot in, in these right. situations where they uh, they're either, you know, surrounded by people that, you know, if they they knew the truth would kill them immediately or um, they need to find like somebody who believes them it, 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 as far as this far fetched situation yeah. is concerned. That's something that Vieri uh, is going to deal with uh, a, a lot in our in our second issue. Um, is just, you know, uh, now that he's been trapped in this situation, who the hell's going to believe him? And uh, so I, I, I particularly like that. Um, but it's also just kind of a, a cool way to tell a story, uh, to structure it differently. This is very much a, a parallel story structure mm-hmm. that we really have two protagonists um, and kind of watching them inhabit the other one's world um, to, to, to some extent, um, Legion perhaps more than Vieri, um, but watching them kind of, they're both fishes out of water and, and one of them will find their feet a little faster than the other. And so it becomes this, this sort of cat and mouse game. Um, and it really is sort of punching and counter punching and uh, which one is going to wind up on top. And uh, that is really how we're punctuating this series is that uh, the scenes that Legion and Vieri are in the same place. They're of course, extremely fun and watching the sparks fly, but it, it's often when we separate them to their separate corners that you start feeling that tension. Yeah. Um, they really do feel like two sides of a magnet that, you know, are, are irresistibly mm-hmm. drawn to one another. Um, and the longer that you have them apart, the more, the, the more tense the whole situation feels. And is this planned? Is it an ongoing? Is it a mini series? Uh, do you know how many issues yeah. are planned already? Can Six you say? Issues. Six issues. Six issues. Okay. Um, they're, they're, they're fully written and uh, oh, wow. okay. a, a significant chunk of them are drawn. Um, so yeah, we're we're uh, well ahead of schedule uh, on everything on this book. 
Um, like I said, Alex is just a machine. He is drawing. Uh, hmm. He, I can't believe how fast he draws. Um, he'll, he'll. There will be days where he'll send me like three or four inked pages in a day. Wow. Um, and he's a one man band. He does his own pencils, inks, and colors uh, all digitally. And just um, like I said, I can't say enough great things about working with him. He's uh, so talented. Uh, what's so great about working with an artist like Alex is that he's great at establishing the mood and atmosphere that you need in a horror book. But also, uh, he's he's so great at having his characters act. Um, mm. the, it, we, we talked at length about the character design of it all. I, I wrote up sort of my description of a character, how I envision them in my head, and like which actors I might cast if I was filming a movie of it. And then Alex would draw his interpretation of the characters. He would give me sort of a menu of like three or four different versions of each character. And then I would go in Photoshop and I'd be like, hey, you know, like I really like this guy's face, but could we give him this guy's hair? Or uh, I really like this woman's face, but could we give him this other woman's eyes? And um, it was a really organic back and forth. And it's so cool to see the way that Alex breathes life into these characters. I mean, every panel are there's very deliberate acting choices going on and it mm. makes the pages look so interesting um because it's not just a character standing and delivering dialogue but there's there's always intention uh behind the expressions and what they're doing and alex is just he really does elevate the material in such a, a cool way and um it's really unlike anything I, I've, I've ever done in comics and if you're listening we're talking with david papos about his comic the Devil That Wears My Face. You can get it at your local comic book store. If they don't have it, they can probably order it. So make sure you check them out and just ask them. It's from Mad Cave Studios. Uh, have them put it on your pull list, and that's a good way to get it. Are you okay to stick with us through a quick commercial break? Yeah. All right, perfect. Uh, we're going to take a very brief commercial break. We're going to come back in just a moment. We'll talk more about New York Comic Con. David will be there next weekend, how you can see him, what he might have going on. We'll talk about a couple of his other projects as well. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. This is Matt King, the voice of Illidan Demon Hunter, and you're listening to geek to me Radio. Welcome back to geek to me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. Heard here live on the Big 550 every Sunday night at 9 o'clock, 10 p.m. for you on the Eastern Coast, 7 p.m. for you on the West Coast. We'll make sure we tell you about, since we've got David on, we we're just talking about your pull list everything, tell you about our official comic book sponsor, Bugs Comics and Games. If you've not been over there lately, you should probably go check them out. Make sure you get The Devil That Wears My Face added to your pull list over there. Larry will make sure you've got it waiting in your cubby every Wednesday when new comic books come out. And... If you join the Avengers Club, you're going to start saving money every single week. You can save money on your new issues, your back issues, your toys, your games, your bag, your board, your posters, whatever you have. Don't neglect your hobby just because the economy is kind of in a bad way right now. Save some money. Still buy your books. Go talk to Larry at Bugs Comics and Games. They're right there on Bryan Road in O'Fallon, Missouri. Easily accessible from either Highway 70 or from the page extension. And he's on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram right now, go find Bugs Comics and Games. It's spelled out all one word. He's going to start listing books there. For those of you who listen outside of the greater St. Louis area, like our friend Chance in Atlanta, you can always go to the Instagram, see what he wants, put claim. He'll ship you your book in a nice secure envelope. That way, if you don't have a local comic book store in your area, a lot of them have closed. 
Let Bugs Comics and Games be your new local comic book store. Bugs Comics and Games on Instagram. Give their Facebook page like Bugs Comics and Games on Facebook. Make sure you go check them out there in O'Fallon, Missouri. Make sure you tell Larry that you heard about it on geek to me Radio. Chatting here for a little bit longer with David Pepos about his project. We just talked about The Devil That Wears My Face. Also, as if he's not busy enough, he's also doing Moon Knight City of the Dead, which I think you said was on its fourth issue, right? Yes, issue four comes out this Wednesday. And then you're starting Punisher, too. Yes, uh, which is coming out uh, in November. Our first issue is dropping. Um, So, yeah, I'm very excited about both of those books. Uh, I've been saying between Moon Knight, City of the Dead, Punisher, and The Devil That Wears My Face, I'm kind of my gritty street-level summer. But it's been it's been really fun um, working on the on those books. Uh, City of the Dead. I, I tried to write it. Um, is is uh, I'm a huge fan of what Jed McKay is doing in the mm. flagship Moon Knight series. And um, as somebody who knows that the Moon Knight Disney Plus show brought in so many new fans, yeah. I wanted to write a, a, a mini series that kind of spoke to those two constituencies and and might try to bring them together mm-hmm. a bit. And so um, when uh, my editor Tom Bravewort. Uh, uh, he's known that I've been a huge fan of Moon Knight for so long that uh, he, he said, hey, we're doing a Moon Knight miniseries. Do you have any ideas? Would you be interested? And the first thing that I said was, I'd love to bring in the Scarlet Scarab um, from the Moon Knight Disney Plus series. And so uh, as uh, we were kind of hashing out ideas, um, I thought that, you know, Mark Spector as Moon Knight, um, for those who aren't familiar with the character, uh, he got his start as a mercenary. And he did a lot of really bad things before... Um, he had kind of a near-death experience and was brought back by the Egyptian god Khonshu uh, to be his avatar as the Moon Knight. And I thought, um, you know, this is a guy who's had a lot of blood in his hands before he was given a second chance to really turn his life around and atone for the things that he's done. And uh, I, I thought that was such an interesting through line. It reminded me a lot of Denzel Washington's character on Man on in Man on Fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a guy who's really kind of grappling with that guilt and, and trying to find his way forward. And so uh, what we wound up doing with the series, um, I've billed it as Inception meets Taken. Uh, oh, that nice. A young runaway is attacked outside of the Midnight Mission and left for dead. Um, and while Moon Knight is able to rescue his body, um, the kid winds up, he's in a coma, he's in a vegetative state. And uh, so Mark detaches his soul and journeys to the city of the dead to hmm. rescue this runaway's soul. Hmm. Um, and in so doing, winds up uh, facing a, a, a legion of villains that, that Moon Knight has, has uh, put in an early grave and they're looking for a taste of payback. Hmm. Uh, luckily for Mark, he also has found the, uh, the spirit of his long lost uh, ex-mercenary love, uh, Layla Al-Fawli, who is now the Moon Knight of the Underworld as the Scarlet Scarab. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and so it's been a really fun series to write. Artist Mar- Marcelo Ferreira has been doing a fantastic job. Um, he, he is back uh, after after a one-issue fill-in with uh, by the amazing Sean Damien Hill. Uh, Marcelo is back for the long haul for our, our final two issues. And uh, yeah, issue four might be my favorite of the whole run. Mm. Uh, Mark is going to uh, without spoiling too much, has been trapped in the stomach of the uh, uh, ancient Egyptian crocodile goddess Amit the Devourer and is being digested memory by memory. So huh. uh, Mark is going to have to really, uh, he's going to face some some of his own inner demons in this one, and he's going to have a, a very unexpected conversation that uh, has yet to occur in all the years of, of, of Moon Knight stories that I'm aware of. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been a really fun series, and and for a character that I adore, being able to take a character who's been so defined by his mental health 
and to put him in uh, in a psychoreactive realm like the City of the Dead. Um, it's really fun. It's it, it's sort of a, a supernatural noir story uh, in, in a way, and it's got a, a ton of action and a ton of heart. And uh, this fourth issue, I, I'm very excited for fans to see what we've been building up to. And I got to say, much in the way that Robert Downey Jr. did for Tony Stark, Oscar Isaacs ruined it for any other actor who hopes to take on that role. Because, I mean, just what a performance that he gave in that Disney yeah. Plus series. Just outstanding. He's fantastic. I mean, there, there was so much great stuff about the Moon Knight series. And I, I loved what Oscar Isaac did with the role. And I, I, I loved uh, Mae Calmway. Uh, mm. I loved her portrayal uh, of the Scarlet Scarab. I thought that was such an interesting uh, value add. Uh, to, you know that that series brought, um, and and I've always been a big fan of like how can we cross pollinate? Um, you know, for me, I, I see comics as an existential question. Um, it's always how do we invite more people to the table? Yeah. And so I thought by introducing this 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 character to the mainstream six one six Marvel universe, um, it's just another way to kind of add a really cool new character to the Marvel pantheon. And also to just draw, give give new readers who maybe have not caught up with Jed's amazing series. Uh, maybe they read City of the Dead and they say, "Okay, I, now yeah. I get a sense of what uh, Mark Spector's status quo is. I'm going to start from the beginning." Um, you know, anything we can do to kind of draw in new readers, um, that's what we want to do with this series. There's only 27 issues so far in the in Jed's Moon Knight series. That's that's a quick read. You can do that if you just a few. Yeah, yeah, it'll be those up. <laughs> yeah, just you know, to take a couple minutes. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, talk about huge shoes to to, to stand up against. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Jed is just killing it month after month with with Moon Knight, and I, I, I appreciate how gracious that he's been, and that our editor Tom Braveheart has been for for letting me get to play in that sandbox, um, and and for Jed for really teeing up the story in a big way by introducing uh, Layla in her first appearance uh, before her death. Uh, in in a flashback sequence in Moon Knight 25. Um, And that was just, you know, it was a really cool way for both of our books to kind of come together and play off of one another. Um, So, yeah, he's uh, it's just uh, it's been a real wonderful opportunity. And uh, I'm so proud of how that book has come together. And I I can't wait for fans to see uh, how this all plays out. I do want to give Tom Brevoort a shout out because we've had him on the show a few times. And the man is a walking encyclopedia of Marvel. It's amazing. He just... Oh, blows he's me a away. great guy. Um, I've worked with Tom uh, on the majority of my work at Marvel. Um, he, he he hired me for Savage Avengers, and I've worked with him on, on Moon Knight City of the Dead and, and on Punisher and uh, on Fantastic Four and Avengers Unlimited. Um, and yeah, I can't say enough great things about him. He really is an editorial Jedi master. Um, <laughs> well put. I, I, I love I love the notes that he gives. Um, you know, he's very deliberate uh, with, 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 with everything. He's got such a good core of values for what a superhero comic is, is supposed to be like, but in a way that's never heavy handed in a way that, uh, often gives us a, a ton of latitude. And he's always a big believer in the best idea wins. Um, so even if he does say, Oh, well, this is how I might approach it. Um, he's always been very open-minded, um, to, to a lot of ideas, especially with our upcoming Punisher run. Uh, that uh, I, I respect the hell out of them, um, and I can't say enough good things about working with them. And uh, honestly, uh, any success that I've had at Marvel, uh, I really I, I owe a great deal of it to Tom Brevoort. And speaking of success, you're going to be at New York Comic Con next weekend, yes. just a week away. What can people, if they want to meet you there, what can people expect? Panels or signings or yeah. Uh, absolutely. I'll be at New York Comic Con uh, Thursday through Sunday, uh, so you can find me at the show. Uh, I'll be signing uh, with the Comic Sketch Art team uh, at table 
I believe it'll be F41 unless they do any last minute reshuffling. So I'll be there uh, for all four days of the show. I'll also be at the Mad Cave Studios booth Friday at noon, uh, signing the devil that wears my face uh, with the full creative team. Uh, uh, Alex Cormick will be there as well as our letterer, Justin Birch, and our uh, variant cover artist, Mon House. So nice. that'll be a fun uh, opportunity yeah. for anybody to bring their books. I'll also be on the Mad Cave Studios panel on Sunday at 1.15, where uh, I'll get to talk about the devil that wears my face uh, in more detail. And if people want to keep up with you online, you're pretty active on social media. So Twitter handles, Instagram, threads, yeah. got all the social I'm media. on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at PeposD. I'm at David Pepos Comics on Facebook. Uh, you can visit my website, davidpepos.com, or subscribe to my newsletter at bit.ly slash pepnews. Perfect. Uh, we always love having – we need to get you to St. Louis for a, for something here, a signing or something. We need to yeah. get you to St. Louis. So we'll see about making that happen. <laughs> so Absolutely. Cool. 2024. Uh, David, I appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday night to be here and chat with us again. The Devil That Wears My Face. Go to your local comic book store. Demand they order several copies. Get yourself a variant cover and a regular cover for your collection. We'd recommend Bugs Comics, obviously. But check your local comic book store and uh, make sure you get it ordered from Mad Cave Studios. David, we appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week and good luck at Comic-Con. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks. Take care. There he goes, David Pepos. Always good to have him. Uh, just it, it, such a talent. And like I told him before we started, just the, to see his rise, I loved Savage Avengers. I'm so excited for Punisher. I'm loving, I haven't started, I read the first issue of Moon Knight City of the Dead. I'm like, I'm going to hold off and wait for the whole series to come out. Because sometimes if you're reading a bunch of comic books, you lose the story because you're reading the regular Moon Knight series. So read the first issue and I'm going to go back and read the others once they all come out, like I've done with a couple other miniseries. But great talent. So if you need to uh, check him out, he gave the websites and social media handles. Give him a follow and make sure you get out and buy those comics because they are amazing stuff. Looking forward to all that. We're going to take another very brief commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to be chatting with Ryan Cooper, the artistic director in charge of Legends and Lanterns, how you can interact with the likes of Abigail Williams, Lizzie Borden, the Brothers Grimm, and more this Halloween season in St. Charles. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hi, I'm Naomi Grossman, best known as Pepper from American Horror Story, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back to geek to me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. That uh, return liner, Naomi Grossman, was for my guest in studio, Ryan Cooper, because he's an American Horror Story fan. And of course, we all know Season 2 Asylum was the best season of American Horror Story, but we'll get into that at another time. Before we start this next segment, I want to tell you about our brand new premier sponsor, and that is Citizens Debt Relief. Citizens Debt Relief is a great organization. If you are struggling with credit card debt... Let Citizens Debt Relief help you. Uh, you know, you get these things in the mail all the time. You get you get these things. You've been a, a pre-approved for a loan, a $75,000 to help with your credit card. Or, hey, we can give you a $20,000 check. I tear those up and throw them away because I'm one of those people, I think everything's a scam. It's all They're all full of bunk. Nothing of this is what they say is true. So I'm always skeptical. A friend of mine works for this company, Citizens Debt Relief, and he chatted with me about it, and he said, you know what? I'm going to give it a try, and I'm glad I did. If you have more than $10,000 in unsecured debt, give them a call. That's all you need to do is give them a call and let them talk to you. Let me see if they can help you. They might not, you know, if you're, they might not help you because of the state you're in, the physical state, like sometimes they can't help people out in Illinois, California, whatever the state might be. So check with them. They'll tell you up front, said, yeah, we can't help you, but they might be able to help you because they are in a lot of states. Missouri, obviously, one of the states they can help you out in. Here's the number. Give you a second. Get your pen ready. 
877-811-1339. They are Trustpilot approved. They are Better Business Bureau. They have a great rating with them. You can check out their website, citizensdebtrelief.com. Now, you know, I would not sell you something that I don't believe in or that I don't use. I go to Bugs Comics and Games. That's where I, you know, I'm, I go down in these festivals in the city of St. Charles. I'm part of these festivals. Citizens Debt Relief is a real organization. They can actually help you. Their average person brings them $24,000 or more in unsecured debt, and they can help them. Now, it's not a magic bullet. You're not going to get out of debt overnight. You didn't get into debt overnight. You're not going to get out. Just like weight loss, you need to work at it. You're not going to lose all those pounds overnight. Same thing with debt. It's a process. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. If you feel like, especially in this economy, people are charging more than they ever had before on their credit cards. It's a known fact. Credit card use is up like 68%. Uh, in the nation right now because of the economy. Get off the treadmill. Don't let the big banks control your life anymore. Take that control back. Take that economic control back. Give the Citizens Debt Relief a call. The number again, 877-811-1339. 877-811-1339. Give them a call. Free consultation. And there's no pressure. They're not going to make you or shame you into signing up with them or anything like that. It's a customized strategy to help you get out of debt. Give them a call. Citizens Debt Relief, 877-811-1339. Scariest thing about this season is the debt people are accumulating. Let me tell you, that's what's that's what spooky this Halloween season. Don't let it happen to you. Speaking of spooky, City of St. Charles has their annual Halloween festival. This is their eighth year, seventh yeah. year? It is the eighth year. We've got Ryan Cooper, who makes all the magic happen, in studio with us, talking about Legends and Lanterns. Ryan, how are you? Well, it's wonderful to be with you, James Enstall, on this spooky Sunday in your studio. And you know, you know, speaking of debt relief, it has inspired me because you know what people won't go into debt doing is coming to Legends and Lanterns because it's free. That's true. It's a huge festival, and everything down there, interactions. They've got the what the the pumpkin glow and everything. Uh, the streets are closed off, so people can walk up and down the streets. Come in costume. That's always encouraged if the little ones want to come in costume. That's the important thing too, the little ones, because this is family friendly. It is. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, the St. Louis area and, you know, everywhere in general, no lack of Halloween events, lots of different things. But, you know, you have a wide gamut of them. You have trunk or treats. You have those big Hollywood style, you know, haunted houses that are awesome. But Legends and Lanterns really kind of fits where there's no description. It is what we call a spirited journey through Halloween history, and we really pride ourselves on the fact that there is something for everyone. And I know that's a cliche thing to say, but it is something where you can bring the young ones, they'll have fun. You can bring your angsty teenagers, they'll find something that they enjoy. You can bring grandma and grandpa, and they're going to have a good time, too, because there's a lot of different things taking place all at the same time. And we're excited about that, that everyone can have fun together. And the the characters that are out there to interact with, it, it's great because there's a wide range. Like, you know, some kids will be, ah, Abigail Williams, and some kids are like, ah, Lizzie Borden, yeah, that's... Then they see the mermaid and the pirates. Yes, yes. And, and then other people are like, oh, you know, if there's the nerd, they're like, oh, the brother's grammar over there. I want to <laughs> talk to the literary stuff. <laughs> Freud, Laven! But it's great because you've got that wide range of characters on the street that yes. there's something for everyone. It's true. You know, we were just talking with our... Well, we. <laughs> you were just talking to David Pepos and, and, you know, talking about, you know, uh, Avengers and Marvel and everything. And I like to describe Legends as the Halloween sort of a Marvel Cinematic Universe because yeah. you literally have in this one area all those great villains and witches and phantoms of, of history and folklore. So you have Captain Hook and the Big Bad Wolf and Edgar Allan Poe and 
the gingerbread witch and Dorian Gray. And I mean, we literally have over 30 different characters um, all in this one place and they all interact with each other. And it's it's kind of neat, especially because the character wise, you know, it's all kind of old world villains as well. You know, you're not going to come and see the Sanderson sisters or Beetlejuice <laughs> or, you know, Freddy Krueger. As wonderful as they all are, you're going to find the Ichabod Cranes and the Medusas and the kind of, you know, there, there's a feeling when you're at historic Main Street. There's a haunted elegance to it. And so you're going to meet a lot of characters that, that you're not going to see at other events. It's kind of nice to have. I mean, it, I've said this before when I've done live reads for the the the, the city that it lends itself to an event like this. The cobblestone streets, the old historic buildings yes. with the markers that says, you know, this place was built in 1889 and everything. And so it kind of lends itself to, oh, we're crossing this bridge. Oh, look, there's Ichabod Crane. Yes. I mean, it just, it, it fits perfectly. Well, I tell you, it's like walking down a movie set. You know, if, if you got the modern cars, you know, out of the way, you would see, I mean, the brick streets and the gas lamps and all this Gothic Victorian architecture, it, it, you don't have to suspend the disbelief when you're there. It makes absolute sense that Ichabod Crane is there. You know, there are all kinds of little nooks and crannies and shadows, and and it's it, it's spooky, but in a really beautiful way. And it's it's fun, especially when it's all in its uh, you know fall finery with its you know we just put the corn stalks up this week, and there are pumpkins and cobwebs everywhere. It's really nice. It gets you in the mood. And, you know, I tell people, you know, you take our events and everything and you put it, you know, somewhere more modern or at a strip mall or something. The events themselves would be all great and everything, but it's the event and the location really work together to make something very special. Yeah. If you see Mary Woolcraft Shelley standing outside of a great clips in a mall, it doesn't have the same (laughs) impact as it does if her standing outside the mother-in-law house, for example. It's a little bit different setting. Um, and I know we've got new characters because every mm-hmm. year there, you try to add some people. So Dorian Gray's new character. Yes, Dorian Gray from from the famous uh, novel. He is there. Um, he has his famous portrait there that will age before your eyes when you see it. Uh, so he's very exciting. We have a couple of rats. Because, you know, we just came out of a plague a couple of years ago. Right. So we thought, why not bring the original plague bringers, the rats there? Um, and they're sort of uh, reverse Pied Pipers. So one of them plays a little pipe and uh, they're just a mess in the best way possible. Uh, but yeah, but this year we kind of have a little pirate theme as well. So mm-hmm. we have uh, Captain Hook joined us last year. He'll be back again with Captain Anne Bonnie and our evil mermaid. Uh, so lots, lots of fun there. So we're very excited about about having them. And there's always something for the people to interact with. I know in the past there have been stamps, there have been stickers, um, there have been books where people can collect either of those things in. Yes. Um, what, what this year, that's been changed up a little as well, I'm understanding? It has been. So when people come, they will get a festival guide called a passport that not only tells you everything you get to enjoy while at the festival, but it has a picture and biography of every character you meet as well. And that's completely free. You take it home as a nice little keepsake of your visit with us. Uh, but there are seven different stamp locations. It's a passport. you got to be able to stamp it uh, where there are self-serve embossing stamps. So it's, it's, it's very uh, fancy, you know, like when you get something notarized because nothing says Halloween like a notary. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can notarize your, your passport because in addition to the characters, because I know that there are some wonderful people listening to your show right now who interacting with characters is their idea of the worst nightmare and, and not in a good way. Uh, but again, we have you covered. So if characters are not your thing, we have all 
kinds of other events and attractions that you can enjoy. We have a Victorian Morning Museum. We have a salute to the golden age of monster movies. We have uh, exhibits on gargoyles and carnivorous plants and all of those different locations you go. You can stamp your passport for your nice little keepsake. And for those of people who I know you've added this, I think a couple of years back, uh, sensory friendly experience, which is yes. important to a lot of people because that can be overwhelming for some people. It is. You know, we are very fortunate that we draw a nice, robust crowd. Um, but for some people, uh, being around that many people or being around the historic district, which is 12 beautiful blocks, historically charming, not charmingly level sometimes. So sometimes <laughs> people have difficulty with mobility getting around. Uh, we want to offer them a chance to be able to enjoy the festival uh, more on their terms. So our second Sunday, uh, in uh, two hours before we open, we actually have a special sensory-friendly event at the Katy Depot where we have a handful of characters. We have all of our attractions at the depot with modified lighting and sound, so it's a little bit more comfortable for people. And it's all in one smaller location, so people who have mobility concerns the depot's nice and level. There are yeah. ramps to get up to it. So, so we're we're looking out for our friends of of all backgrounds and abilities and and whatnot. We we want people to enjoy what we've created for them. And if you've a longtime listener for the show, you know that uh, City of Saint Charles has been one of my very first sponsors. When I started the show back in 2016, uh, they've been with me ever since. The website is discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. I always say it's an historically good time if you get to head out there. Uh, Legends and Lanterns is one of the festivals they do. It's a great event, especially if you're a Halloween fanatic like me. You want to get out there and interact with just the characters that Ryan just listed are a handful of the characters you're going to get to see. And there's so much stuff going on. There's We didn't get to Plaza del Dias de los Muertos with La Catrina, uh, which has a lot of fun things, but there's cultural aspects to it all up and down the street. It really pays homage to the spooky season in which we find ourselves. Uh, we're going to take a very quick commercial break. We're going to come back and chat with Ryan Cooper some more. Right after this, we uh, are going to talk more spooky things. We won't talk James Bond this time, though, I promise. <laughs> Thank you. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hi, this is Leslie Ann Brunt. I play Mazikeen on Lucifer, and you're listening to geek to me Radio. We are back. On geek to me Radio, heard here every Sunday night on the Big 550 KHRS. Heard every night right after me is Max Foise at Max on Movies. Coming up later tonight, right after my show, he'll be reviewing all 10 of the Saw films, because that's just the kind of guy Max is. He's thorough. Uh, plus, he will review the new Exorcist, Exorcist the Believer. I kept calling Exorcist the Return. I knew that wasn't right, but I had to look it up. I'm like, oh, it's the Believer. Um, my review is up online at geekmeradio.com. If you'd like to see what I thought of Exorcist the Believer, um, I'll leave it at that. Just go check out the review. I won't spoil it for you, uh, nor do I spoil the movie in my review. And then uh, we'll hopefully have Max crossing the streams with us. He'll be on our show coming up later. To his, uh, we're going to review Ahsoka now that the series has finished. So we'll be doing that. Uh, Mazakine from Lucifer, not one of the characters you're going to see out in St. Charles, because uh, unfortunately, because Leslie Ann Brandt, <laughs> just saying, um, but such great characters. And you've got this whole pool of people who come out and bring their A game to this. Uh, you've got a great support staff, though, because the city 
does a great job. It's you know, you see all these people. It's like the actors when you see a movie, but then there's the writers, the producers, there's the editors, there's the filmographers, there's the sound people. And City of St. Charles does a great job of producing these festivals. They do. We're, we're very fortunate about that. You know, in uh, 2016, when I first came to them with this idea, uh, you know, kind of throw spaghetti at the wall and there's this Halloween thing to kind of be a sister festival of your Christmas festival. Uh, they unequivocally said, yes, let's do it. Let's try it out. So I'm very fortunate about that. But as you mentioned, I mean, what people see when they come to the festival is the tip of the iceberg. There are over 76 people it takes mm. uh, to make this event happen every single year. And uh, I'm very thankful for every single one of them because, uh, you know, from you know musicians to performers to support staff, there are a lot of moving pieces. And uh, and, and we have the best of the best. So. Yeah. I really hope that people come out and see it. I, I like to say that Legends and Lanterns is sort of like a, a Halloween Renaissance festival because yeah. it's a very immersive experience, as immersive as you want it to be. Uh, and uh, and it, it's just very cool. And I'm, I'm very excited for it to be back. Personal shout out too to the ambassadors who do all the, they put out all the the trimmings and trappings before the festival starts. They're out there on the street uh, taking care of the people and everything like that. They do a fantastic job as well. So shout out to all the ambassadors. Yes, thank you, Boo well. Crew. That's right. Um, we have a few minutes left, so we might as well go ahead and promote the Christmas festival as well. Okay. That's, that's coming up because if, if you're excited, some people are more like, I feel like there's the Jack Skellingtons who would like both holiday is just fine yeah. but there's obviously people are like christmas is their holiday halloween's my holiday but for the christmas folk that's right around the corner sure absolutely so um we are saint charles christmas traditions is on the threshold of hitting the half century mark so next year will be our 50th anniversary so uh so get in now while we're young and only 49 <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so saint charles christmas traditions has been i mean uh, just part of the dna of historic main street since the 70s when they revitalized the historic district and uh, much like uh, the Halloween Festival, Legends and Lanterns, we're all about edutainment, learning while having fun at the same time. So Christmas Traditions is an old world yesteryear celebration of the holidays. You have uh, Santas and gift givers from around the world. You have classic storybook characters. You have Ebenezer Scrooge and the Sugar Plum Fairy and Jack Frost. Uh, but for those people who are trying to figure out the, ooh, am I a Halloween, am I a Christmas person, we blend them both on Friday nights during Christmas traditions. We have the Krampus Carnival where you get to meet the famous Krampus, the goat-like punitive partner of St. Nick from Austrian and German folklore. Along with his uh, batch of ne'er-do-wells, they uh, take over Santa's depot while the uh, the cats away, the mice will play in a way. And they kind of give it a sort of Halloween meets Christmas overlay, but all in a very cheeky, you know, fun, punny way. So it's... It's really special. You know, I, I keep saying that these events, there's nothing quite like them, but but there is nothing quite like no. them. Yeah, I think I know people, you mentioned the Krampus knock, people have literally come just for the Friday night event. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's crazy. It's like, hey, we drove from Iowa for this. I'm like, wow, that's pretty impressive. I know. I feel bad for Santa some days because there are some people who they, they get their photo with Krampus and they're like, here's our Christmas photo for the year. <laughs> Santa Schmanta, let's face it, the, the villains are always more interesting, right? Oh, it's true. It absolutely is true. And the hours of the 
Legends and Lanterns Festival. It's Saturdays and Sundays until the last weekend when it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Am I correct? That's right. So we are uh, Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturdays, noon to 5 on Sundays. But then that last weekend, you know, we're, we're getting ready for All Hallows' Eve. So we uh, have the Main Street Pumpkin Glow. So we extend our hours that Last Friday of October, we go from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., and then that last Saturday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. So lots of lots of fun times, and it's free, so come out and see us. And I love seeing the people that we've got kids come out, and they'll dress as Ichabod Crane to go meet yes. Ichabod Crane. We've had people who dressed when we had Guy Fox would dress as Guy Fox. It's the cutest thing to see these kids coming up and like, hey, look who I am. Well, it's, it's the neatest thing. Well, it's neat to see the impact because, you know, they're they're not just dressing as, as generic characters. They're dressing as our characters. Yeah. So it's it's so neat to see that, you know, for these kids, you know, we, we unlocked something in them that they really saw a connection with these characters and, and, and they want to dress like them. Yeah. So. That's and awesome. If you're going to be out and about uh, this coming Halloween season, go on Instagram because the city of St. Charles, their website looks amazing. They just did a redo a couple months back, mm-hmm. and uh, they've got a lot of their pictures that people post on Instagram. So hashtag Legends and Lanterns when you're out there. If you take a picture of your kid cutely getting their face painted uh, in La Plaza del Dias de los Muertos with La Catrina, put that picture on Instagram, tag it. As hashtag Legends and Lanterns, it might get featured on the St. Charles webpage. Uh, the the social media team out there has really stepped up their game too. Yes, absolutely. We uh, we, we we may be historically awesome, but we're we're in here with the new age with our social media game. Thanks to our content creator, uh, Mary. Uh, thank you, Mary. <laughs> If you're watching, Mary, you're doing a great job. It's amazing. But, uh, yeah, there's so much to see and do. And, again, if you want to get out there and check that out, it's totally free. Bring the whole family. Uh, If you're, you know, get out there early and then you have lunch out there. There All the restaurants up and down St. Charles Main Street. There's so many great restaurants and little shops and everything. And, again, for those of you listening, I always try to stress this. This is a, a community that's made up entirely of small businesses. You're not giving your money to a corporation. You're giving these money to your uh, these these local stores these local restaurants and that stays in the community and that's really important i keep stressing how bad the economy is i'm not trying to be a debbie downer but uh donating to small businesses keeping them afloat and helping them it's a great thing and also you can go check out some of david papo's books at main street bookstore if you want to order your stuff there as well um any personal favorite stores you can you play favorites well, I got a big street. sweet tooth, so uh our, our three main ice cream joints on the street they they get a lot of my money yeah, I think sugar and slice for me, those cinnamon rolls they have oh, yeah. on the weekends. Big oh, as your head, oh, oh, and that's gosh. a big head. So, your mic's off. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's true. The haircut doesn't look good. I'm sorry for those of you who are watching. Got a haircut. I feel self-conscious about it. Ryan just brought it up, and I feel more self-conscious. That's okay. Um, that's why I have a large pillow to cry myself to sleep on. Um, <laughs> uh, I appreciate you coming in studio on a Sunday night uh, well, to hey, sit here and talk about yeah, this. This is great to have you in there's studio. There's nowhere again. I would rather be on a Sunday night before opening a big festival than with you, James Enstall. I can see. I can sense the sarcasm from across the table. That's fine. Um, Ryan Cooper always does a great job. Thank you very much for coming. I, I do appreciate it. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank you. Happy Halloween. There he goes. Um, we'll make sure we tell you very quickly in just a few minutes that we have left here. Uh, for those of you who may not know, she's going to be on the show with us next week weekend, I believe, Susan Eisenberg, the voice of Wonder Woman, and I have started a brand new podcast called Justice League Revisited. If you're a fan of the original Justice League animated series that came out on Cartoon Network low these 22 years ago, November 17th, 2001, Susan Eisenberg and I go back and rewatch the episodes. They're streaming on HBO Max 
If you're like me, you've got them on DVD. I think they're out on Blu-ray now. Uh, but if you're a fan of that show and Justice League Unlimited, you know there was a lot of talent attached both in front of and behind the microphones. The voice cast is amazing. Uh, Susan Eisenberg, one of the big seven of the original voice cast for Justice League, the voice of Wonder Woman, she and I rewatch these episodes, and we bring on a special guest every single episode. So our very first episode, we covered the three-parter Secret Origins with the director, Dan Reba. And he told me stuff, and I'm a huge fan, I, I consider myself pretty much a nerd about this kind of stuff. He was telling me stuff that I didn't even know. Susan didn't even know half the stuff that he mentioned. Um, so you're going to learn something new, and if you're a fan of the series, it's just fun to hear Wonder Woman telling you about how much fun she had and hear director Dan Reba say how much trouble they had casting this role and well we did this and it was a nod to this sci-fi series. We just recorded our second episode with Phil Lamar, the voice of Green Lantern and he and I and Susan talked about In Blackest Night which was part five and six, technically the second episode because they were the first three parts as a single movie. It's a long story but you know what I'm talking about. If you know, you know. Um, And then we're going to have a special guest covering in Blackest Night again. I don't want to release it now. Susan and I will tell you next Sunday. So that's a teaser to make you stick around. But it's available wherever you get your podcasts from, thanks to Joey V. And it will be every other Tuesday. So the first episode is out. Spotify, Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, wherever you get your podcast from, please subscribe and give us a nice five-star review if you'd be so kind. And the second episode will drop a week from this coming Tuesday with Phil Lamar, third episode, two weeks out from there. Uh, So we plan to go through the entire series. We've already got guest stars lined up. I'm so excited. I want to start recording these every day uh, because we've got so many. Michael Rosenbaum's already said, this is the episode I want. I called dibs on this one. Uh, We've got Ken Schreiner, the voice of Green Arrow. He said, I want to do this episode. So we've got people, writers, directors, producers, storyboard artists weighing in already on which episodes they want to do. It's so exciting. So make sure you subscribe on your platform of choice to... Justice League Revisited. I'm very excited about this project, and I hope you will be too. While you're at it, make sure you subscribe to geek to me Radio on whatever podcast platform you're hearing us from. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, go down there and click the little subscribe button, please. We'd like to have you subscribe here so you never miss a show whenever we go live with great guests like David Pepos or Ryan Cooper talking about these cool projects like this. Uh, so subscribe, hit the little bell notification so you get notified every time we go live. And of course, follow us on social media at geek to me radio on threads twitter instagram facebook.com slash geek to me radio we would appreciate that very much i'm not sure which camera to grab to show you joey v i'm gonna try this one maybe there we go there's joey want to thank him for coming in studio i grabbed the right camera don't shake your head at me i got the right camera that's it was the wrong one again still dang all right i'll grab the other one in a minute i'm gonna fire the outro here so we don't get behind we're already behind because i'm talking about it there we go. This is the camera I'm supposed to grab. Everyone. There's Joey V. I can see him on my camera. There's Ryan. There's Joey. There's Ryan. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to my guests. Thank you to CDR, Citizens Debt Relief, and Discover St. Charles. I'll make sure to text you about your Coca-Cola toys for those of you who won. Until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you watch I sound be. It's not in the way you watch the flash.
kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.